You're listening to a sermon from Pasco Vale Church of Christ. To hear more of our teaching or to find out about the church, please visit our website, pvcc.org.au. Morning, Pasco Vale. A warm welcome to all of you, our regular members and all who are listening online. What a glorious day it is, isn't it? I mean, it's been wet and cold the last few weeks and finally summer's arrived and Christmas is around the corner. What more can we ask? And such an awesome time to be able to worship the Lord in this place. May the Holy Spirit fill the sanctuary and convict our hearts as we hear from Scripture and through the message today as well. Now, For those of us who have been regularly attending, uh, you know that we are exploring the God's Plan for the World series based on the book of the Gospel of Luke. And last week we learned about Mary and Martha and the importance of choosing the best thing, and that is Jesus. I believe we all see a bit of ourselves in both Mary and Martha, and I hope though the message just are, our hearts are focused on the right priorities. This does not mean we do not put our energies in serving in the Lord, uh, or in church of course, but it's also a need to know how to draw a balance between you know, doing God's work and also centering God in everything that we do. We need to draw a balance and center our focus on Jesus and what better way, what better way we can do so by going to talk to God through our prayers. This is probably probably Luke's intention as immediately after the story of Mary and Martha, Luke brings our attention straight to prayer. So let's bow our heads now. Let's prepare our hearts and ask God to show us and prepare our hearts to hear what he's got to say to us today. Let's bow our heads and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the gift of prayer, the ability to come to you and just bring our petitions to you. We thank you, Lord, that um, despite our unworthiness, you're willing to listen and to hear our prayers. We pray, dear Lord, as we dig into your scripture and your word today, they will prepare our hearts and let us have years to hear what you have to say to us this morning. In Jesus' precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Now, what do atheists, agnostics, and Christians have in common? What do you think we have in common other than the fact that all of us have sinned and need a savior? What do you think we have in common? Well, you may not believe this, but it's prayer. It is prayer. Now, a study undertaken by the Pew Research Center suggests that 20%, 20% of those who are religiously unaffiliated said that they pray daily. Interesting statistic, isn't it? You might think, oh, that's because it's a religious organization, so maybe their study is biased or perhaps skewed. But interestingly, a survey done by a circular group called Comres, a market research consultancy firm based in London, conducted a survey in 2018. And what they found was that whilst many people who are not religious still pray during difficult times, the study actually revealed that one in four atheists and agnostics pray on a regular basis, especially especially in times of personal crisis. And friends, this is not the only research that found this to be true. 
The Guardian newspaper, The Independent, The Washington Post, The Sydney Morning Herald, all reported similar findings. I'm not suggesting that these organizations do not have their biases or that they are highly reliable, but it's an interesting statistic, isn't it? That even atheists and agnostics pray. Most atheists and agnostics say that the most common reason for them to pray is during tragedy. 25% of these individuals admitted to also praying for comfort or simply out of loneliness. Family and friends top the list of reasons to call upon God and to a lesser extent global issues such as poverty or disasters. Now for many non-believers, it is a very instinctive response to cry out, please God, help me. So perhaps it should not be surprising to us that one in five adults pray despite saying that they are not religious. Now according to some of the articles, over half of the adults in the United Kingdom pray, and they are increasingly likely to call on God while engaged in activities such as cooking or exercising. I don't know why you pray about your cooking, but anyway. <laughs> According to the poll, uh, although one in three people pray in places of worship, and the third prayer before going to sleep or walking, others combine prayer with daily activities. One in five pray while doing household chores or of cooking, 15% pray while traveling, and 12% pray while exercising or other leisure pursuits. But an interesting thing is just under half of those who pray say they believed God hears their prayers. Only half of them actually believe that God hears their prayers. We suggest a slim majority feel their prayers are actually not answered. Four in ten go further saying prayer changes the world. A similar number say it just makes them feel better. Now let's take a story of a guy called Henry. He's 64. He said he prays every night, kneeling by his bed despite not being religious. He said, I worry about it quite a lot. It, it, is it some kind of an insurance policy? Is it superstition or is it something more real? Asked if he believed in God, he said, I don't know, but I would describe myself at the skeptical end of agnosticism. I certainly wouldn't classify myself as religious. Henry goes on to say that he starts by silently reciting the Lord's Prayer and then asks for his loved ones to be kept safe and well. Sometimes he says, I include other specific people or suffering groups. Then I have a fuzzy moment about me. Not concrete thoughts and I don't ask for specific things. He said he had no idea if God heard his prayers. And he said the act of prayer did not make him feel better. I wonder why I don't stop doing it, he says. Sometimes I feel it's kind of hypocrisy, but yet he doesn't. See, friends, we cannot live our Christian life without a sustainable prayer life. Even the non-religious people pray. How much more so we who are disciples of God, who have tasted and experienced God's goodness, mercy, and love, our almighty God has bestowed all this upon us. How can we not go to him in prayer? Now, friends, we are approaching a time of New Year's resolution again. <laughs> so I love that. 
I don't know what resolution you made last year, if we actually achieved it, but I know that every year we set ourselves some sort of goal for self-improvement, like lose weight or you know, exercise a bit more, get a better job, and so on and so forth. I wonder, I wonder how many of us have on our prayer list, sorry, on our list of resolutions to, do, to have a better prayer life. How many of us actually put on the list of self-improvement a better prayer life? Yeah, sure we pray. But how should we pray? Now imagine if a new believer or, a, or your mentee or comes up to you and said, Elvin, how should we pray? What do we say in our prayers? What would you say to this person? Now we often suggest, oh, you can start by praying like you are speaking with God or you can speak, bring your request to Him like a friend or dot, dot, dot. No, truth be told, we all need to learn how to pray, isn't it? Because I can be fairly certain all our prayers are centered on ourselves. We treat prayer like us sitting on Santa's lap and setting our list of demands. We treat prayer like a medicine cabinet or a drug that helps us get that high or that, that, that sudden that just short comfort or to make us feel that little bit better. Or perhaps we treat prayer as a way to make God do certain things. Friends, we need to learn to pray. Friends, have you ever asked God to teach you how to pray? Luke chapter 11, verse 1. One of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. Honestly, this would not be the first time a disciple would have been exposed to a prayer. As a Jew, they would have been taught how to pray from a very young age, isn't it? So the question is, why did this disciple ask Jesus to teach him how to pray? Now note that Luke also did not name the disciple who asked the question, but left it anonymous. I suspect this could be because this was a question not of the one disciple alone who asked the question, but also all the disciples probably had a similar question. So why the question? Why did the disciple ask such a basic question? Perhaps he or they have observed from Jesus' many prayers that the way he prayed was different. Or perhaps they observed that Jesus' prayers worked. In Jesus' response to the disciple, we can learn three things. And they are that we need to pray humbly, we need to pray simply, and we also need to pray boldly. Now let's look at the first part, pray humbly. Now friends, we must be humble and admit that there is always room to grow when it comes to our prayer life. Jesus did not rebuke his disciple for asking that simple question. But instead, he explained with patience and grace as to how he should pray. We need to come to the Lord with the right attitude. A cup full 
cannot be filled further. We need to come as an empty cup, an empty vessel, ready to receive all that the Lord has ready to teach you about prayer. Lord, teach us to pray. Do not think that we know it all because we've been brought up in Christian families or that you attend church regularly, but come with an expectant heart, wanting to learn and to grow in your prayer life. Thankfully, we live in the modern age and there are heaps and heaps of resources we can find on the topic of prayer. I wonder how many of us actively go seek out these resources to help us in our prayer journey. Just to name a few, we got the things like the podcast from the Focus on the Family podcast, which is a great resource for families with children to teach them how to pray. And we can certainly learn lots of, about prayer through many other Christian podcasts, like some of those that you see here, and have, they have different perspectives on the topic of prayer. Or you perhaps prefer to read a book for yourself and, and to uh, and you just enjoy the, 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 the whole experience of reading a book. How about finding a book like this one to teach you how to pray? Books like, you know, a whole topic just centered on prayer by Tim Keller. If we are honest about ourselves, we should have the same attitude as a disciple and ask, Lord Jesus, teach me to pray. Lord, teach me to pray. Next, we need to learn to pray simply. The important thing we need to remember is, that, is this. Prayer is not about impressing God with our big words or fancy hyper-spiritual words. Friends, do you think that using big words impresses God to hear your prayer? Do you think that by using hyper-spiritual words will make or force God to stand, or, or to make your standing closer with God? and that your oral ability is what will impress God to action? Friends, how do you speak with one another? Do you speak plainly and simply, or do you use fancy words? When we speak and choose to use big words like a, like a presentation at your workplace, who are we trying to honour or who are we trying to impress? It's us, isn't it? It's about elevating ourselves, making ourselves look good. It's about trying to make ourselves seem more impressive, more spiritual, more godly. But is that the way we should be praying? Friends, when we pray, it should not be about us, but about God. Jesus said to them, when you pray, Say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. That's how we should start our prayer. Then we bring our needs. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. I'm sure many of us will already be familiar with the acronym a, C, T, and S. And that's actually derived from the way the Lord's Prayer has been set out. If those who are not familiar, it's okay. You can refer to the slide. The A stands for adoration, which means telling God 
how much you adore Him, and C is for confession, talking about asking God for forgiveness for your sins, T is for thanksgiving, saying thank you God for all that you've been blessed, be appreciative, and S is for supplication, to bring your requests and prayers on behalf of others. Now this is of course not the prescribed formula for prayer, but it's a format we can learn from the sequencing of the Lord's Prayer. Keep it simple. Keep it humble. Keep it God-focused. Whilst many pray predominantly because of their particular need, Jesus tells us to focus on God first, but also bring your needs before Him. And in so doing, we acknowledge the sovereignty and the power of God over all things and to acknowledge God's ability and will to act in the fulfillment of that prayer. Why ask for help from someone if we do not acknowledge that a person has the ability or the power to help us in the first place? Last but not least, we need to pray boldly. It's interesting that after Jesus teaches his disciples, how to say the Lord's Prayer, he does not simply stop there. He goes on immediately and leads into the analogy of the impudent friend who comes to another at midnight and says to him, Friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine who arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. Friends, would you bother a neighbor or even someone you know, like the friend that you mentioned in this analogy? Would you just ruck up to his door in the middle of the night and say, hey, give me some bread? I guess not, isn't it? We'd be very shy about it, isn't it? We'd be thinking to ourselves, do I even do that? But Luke 11.8 in the scripture highlights that it's because of his impudence that the poor friend who was woken from his slumber will rise and give him whatever he needs. Now the same verse in the NIV translation is translated as shameless audacity. It's not just impudence, it's shameless, shameless audacity to ask, you know, not, not be shy about it. Jesus is telling his disciples that we ought to pray or ask boldly of God and not be timid in our requests. Not to you know, oh, I'll, I'll just pray a little bit for this person. But be bold. That, however, does not mean that we demean God, but acknowledge that God has the ability to help us and we ought not be afraid to ask for His help. The impudent friend is obviously certain his friend will help. If not, he wouldn't have gone to him for assistance, isn't it? He asks shamelessly for assistance as we ought to ask shamelessly with God. Jesus is telling us not to be ashamed of asking, but instead be bold. To bring your prayer with boldness. Ask without fear of repercussion, knowing that the Lord hears our prayers and will answer them. Luke chapter 11, verses 9 to 12 tells us, and I tell you, ask, and you will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. 
For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if the son asks for fish, will give him a, instead of a fish, give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? Now remember Henry, that 64-year-old man which we talked about earlier, who said he had no idea if God heard his prayers. My friends, Jesus tells us that God does hear your prayers. God has heard Henry's prayers. And God does act. It may not be the way Henry wants it to be, but God will certainly do something about it. Jesus tells us that if we seek, we will find. If we knock, it will be opened. To you, for everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be open. God will act. God will do what He wills to be good for you. Now, we may not always see God work immediately, or God may not do exactly as you have asked Him to. But if you look back, if you look back at your prayer, you'll find that God does answer your prayer and will do so even more, even more than we expect. One way to learn from this and how we can find out what God has done in response to your prayer is perhaps to do a prayer journal. You know, you jot down what you prayed from your many prayers. Then at some point in time, look back. Look back at your prayers every now and then to see how God has actually responded to you. You'll be pleasantly surprised at what you find. I know I am. I know the prayers that I made when deciding whether to stay in Australia or go home, for example. And I remember what God said to me then. And I remember how God has led me to where I am today. I'm shocked because I myself never believed that I was, able, I was able to stand on the pulpit or to teach God's word because I was timid, I was scared, I was frightened. But God led me here. Often we will find that he who is able to do far more abundantly than all the world could ask or think according to the power at work within us. This, my friend, he does for the glory of the church. And in Jesus Christ, through all generations, forever and ever and ever. In conclusion, how should we pray? Pray humbly. Pray simply. And more importantly, pray boldly. Boldly ask God to reveal himself to you and to change your heart. Ask God to transform you and boldly ask God to act in your life and to give you the Holy Spirit. If we who are evil know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will our Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask of him? Friends, 
The gift of the Holy Spirit is the ultimate gift that anyone can desire or ask for. It will fulfill what we need, not necessarily in the way that we want it, but certainly in the way that is in our best interests and in accordance with God's will. Because God's will is to prosper you, not to harm you. The Holy Spirit Himself bear witness with our spirit that we are children of God according to Romans chapter 8, verse 16. Friends, what more can we ask for? The Spirit helps us in our weakness. For even when we do not know what to pray, for we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep even for our words. Friends, 2023 is fast approaching. It's coming. It's only another 26 days or so more to go. Let us humbly come before God this year and ask God to teach us. Teach us how to pray for 2023, the rest of this year, sorry, and for 2023. Let us ask God how we can make our prayer life in 2023 more fruitful. Perhaps we can take steps to improve our prayer life by waking up a bit that bit earlier and attending the pre-service prayer that Rick just mentioned, or come to the Saturday morning prayer meeting. Perhaps it's about praying for the faces and the souls of those you drive by, you walk by, or interact with on a daily basis. Perhaps praying, start with praying for your families for those who have yet to receive the Holy Spirit. Start there. Jesus prayed constantly, and he has taught us how to pray. How will you pray for 2023 Pascal Bill Church of Christ? How will you pray in 2023? This is our challenge for the rest of this year and our resolution that we should be making for 2023. I hope that we blessed through this experience of prayer and interactions with God. And let's all have God-centered 2023. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for the gift of Scripture. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit to inspire us to rebuke us and to train us in righteousness. Forgive us, Lord, for the times that we just prayed for the sake of doing it like a ritual. Forgive us for the times that we pray with timidness. Forgive us for the times that we try to use big words in our prayers, trying to perhaps impress those who are listening. Help us remember, Lord, that those are not important. Help us remember, Lord, that what's important is that we center our focus on you, acknowledge you, and to boldly intercede for all our friends, our families, our workmates, our sphere of influence. Teach us, Lord, how to pray. Help us, Lord, to have a fruitful prayer life for the rest of this year, and 2023 and beyond. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that even though we may not believe, some people may not believe in you, and perhaps some people do not 
think that you hear their prayers, but we know that you do because we know and we can see that you are acting. Lord, we pray that you will help us to have a year to hear what you have to say to us today. Inspire us, build us up, and train us in your righteousness. Thank you, God, for all of these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.